hello hello everybody how are you guys doing this evening i pray that you're all doing wonderful <laughs> and that you guys are still still standing strong in the lord and in the power of his might um hello everyone welcome uh hello mama lila welcome <laughs> uh thank you guys uh, for your patience with me this past week, I was um, feeling a bit under the weather and um, uh, I've been uh, gradually like coming back uh, since um, Monday. Was it Monday or Monday? Yeah, Monday was when I started to uh, climb back uphill. Boy downhill uphill I don't know I, I was on the mend um, uh, around Monday afternoon and so I started to feel much better um, it was more of a um, of a stomach uh, issue like a stomach bug it was not well, it wasn't stomach bug I don't know what it was anyway I don't want to give you guys TMI because I don't want you guys <laughs> to be like what you know <laughs> but it was not um, it wasn't anything serious, thank God. So, you know, um, we are back in business. Um, hello, Sister Sherry. How are you this evening? Welcome. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so we are on the mend. And um, during my time off, I just, uh, you know, just staying uh, in a place of prayer and everything. And the Lord has been giving me uh, so much. He's been giving me so much. And I want to share a little bit of this with you this evening. Um, and uh, I believe tomorrow evening I will share more on this. Um, so um, I'm going to um, uh, make a little update uh, to the actual um, uh, the actual uh, uh, teachings that I've been doing. Um, the uh, prophetic predators, which normally we would uh, be talking about that tonight on a Thursday night, uh, normally, you know, but uh, tonight we're doing the night watch broadcast, which let me put this up here. And, um, and uh, I am, what I'm doing is I'm not getting rid of the prophetic predators, but I'm combining it with night watch because I feel that um, the, you know, this is something that we uh, need to be aware of and watch out for um, in the body of Christ. And uh, whenever we are seeing that and we're seeing signs of that and uh, symptoms and, you know, um, uh, hearing like reports of different things, then uh, we know that, you know, this, this is taking place and we really want to get in the habit and in the mode of, um, uh, being preventative, uh, preventative medicine. We want to be able to um, be on the uh, preventative side of things rather than always reacting to things when they, when they happen. You know what I mean? Like we don't, I think, you know, that's the problem with the whole uh, COVID situation is that, you know, we need uh, preventative measures. And I'm talking about um, in the body of Christ, um, Mostly because, um, one second, let me type this. I can't type and uh, talk at the same time, or I will type what I'm talking, what I'm saying. <laughs> um, 
we need uh, in the body of Christ, we definitely need to start taking more pre uh, precaution and more uh, of a pre preventative uh, side of uh, side of things and way of thinking rather than um, rather than just always reacting to things. Uh, that's why so many people are in shock and that's why so many people are afraid and, you know, all this, uh, kind of stuff. No one was really, uh, prepared for this. And that's the reason, the reason why is because we were not, um, we were not, uh, we were not preventative if, if that makes sense. And so, um, yeah. Um, but I just said all of that to say that we are going to be combining the, these two. Uh, the Night Watch series is going to be uh, combined with the Pro uh, Prophetic Predators uh, series. And so we will just, um, yeah, discuss all of that on the same night. And it's going to be Thursday night. Um, so uh, Thursday night, Night Watch, Friday night, uh, prayer, intercession, and then Saturday morning will be uh, the teachings on prayer and uh, Wednesday nights. I'm going to try to uh, reserve those for another little project that um, um, just, you know, uh, the Lord placed in my heart to be able to really sit down and um, do some in-depth teaching. It seems like, you know, um, that's my natural flow is like, it is more on the, I think I'm more of a, um, a teaching prophet. <laughs> I'm a teaching prophet. I'm one of the hybrids where, you know, I, I, I love to break things down and teach and feed, uh, feed people with, um, you know, with insight from the word and everything like that. I love to break it, break that down and teach it as much as I can, you know, to the ability that God has given me. But at the same time, I understand and I know very, very well by now that I am a prophet. So um, when it comes to the gifts um, in the body of Christ, uh, you know, the um, the fivefold ministry, um, you can also be a hybrid. That means that you lean more so toward one, one certain thing, uh, which is actually the thing that you were actually called to before you were born. So uh, for some of us, you know, it's, it's an apostle. For some of us, it's a prophet. For some of us, it's an evangelist. Some it's a pastor, some it's a teacher. Um, but those can also be uh, merged. And, and um, whereas uh, you would um, say like me, for example, I, I, I'm a prophet, but I'm more of a teaching prophet right now. Now that, that part may change or it may um, grow later on, you know, as I um, become more developed and more uh, mature in, you know, in that, um, then, you know, it may grow into something else. It may become, I don't know, it may become apostolic. I don't really know, but it may become pastoral, you know, or something like that. But I just, I know that, you know, many of us have a hybrid um, assignments, hybrid, <laughs> we're hybrids in the spirit. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I would definitely suggest, uh, strongly suggest that, you know, if you don't uh, know yet what your gift is, what your area of uh, calling or ministry is in the body. If you are part of the fivefold ministry and the Lord um, has been um, 
revealing, you know, some of that to you, then perhaps uh, you want, if you have not investigated it, if you have not prayed through that thing, and if you have not received confirmation and witness of that thing, then uh, that's something that you definitely want to pursue in this season, uh, in this season, because, um, you know, it's really time for development. It's time for uh, it's time for development, spiritual development uh, is the time out uh, for just sitting, you know, on the sidelines, sitting in the pews and just waiting for um, your pastor or your leader to tell you, oh, well, you're this or you're that, you know, maybe God hasn't revealed that to them. Um, but he's been revealing it to you or those around you. And so um, uh, this is something that is definitely important that we uh, find out that, you know, find out who we are, uh, what our purpose is and, and you know, wh where we're called to in the body, what our assignment is, what our assignment is uh, and begin to um, walk in that because we want to be found doing what God called us to do, amen, when he returns. And then also uh, some some people are just called to the marketplace. That's something that I recently learned is that everyone is not, you know, part of the fivefold ministry, but they may, they may, may be called to like what's called marketplace uh, ministry. Whereas, you know, you still have a gift, you know, it could be the gift of helps, you know, or, um, you know, um, some other type of gift that, uh, that aids or supports the fivefold ministry. So you may say, well, you know, Sister Shelley, that's just a bit much for me. I know I'm not ready to lead no church, you know, so I'm not a pastor. You know, I might be a teacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not an old apostle, you know, or something like that, you know, because with those gifts comes a lot of responsibility, huge responsibility. Uh, that's why the scripture says that to whom much is given, much is required. And, uh, and there's a lot of persecution and a lot of warfare that comes with those gifts. So it's not something that you definitely want to jump on and claim, you know, you want to make sure uh, first. Um, but uh, but, yeah, you know, we need to we need to find that out. And I guess the reason the Lord ha has me uh, kind of going down this road a little bit it, this none of this was planned. I just got on here and started talking, you know, um, but um Tonight's uh, message is is called the bride. It's called the bride. Um, when I am in prayer, uh, the Lord highlights certain things, and the Spirit of God will begin to harp. I call it He harps on these things because He won't let it go. He will not let it go, uh, and that's that's good because you know when I pray for uh, for God to lead me and direct me. I want to make sure that I know that I know that I know that I'm saying and doing exactly what he wants me to be saying and doing, that I'm moving exactly where he's moving. Um, I don't want to be ahead of him. I don't want to be too far behind like the ox or the mule. I want to be, um, I'm sorry, the horse or the mule. He, he said, don't be as the horse or the mule. Don't be too fast and don't be too slow. You need to learn to be led by the spirit of God. And um, that's something that, you know, I'm very, very uh, cautious of because I know I can be a very, I can be an impulsive person. I can be an impulsive person. Uh, I can be impatient <laughs> at times. And patience is something that I've been working on for a long time. It's just, uh, 
just I don't know, just naturally just came impatient, you know. <laughs> um, maybe it had something to do with my previous lifestyle. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So um, uh, I'm very careful to pray and ask God to reveal things to me um, and to make them so clear that even a child could understand. I've heard many other, you know, several other people pray this prayer and God do that for them. So I started praying it too, you know, um, Lord, make it plain, so plain that even a child can understand it. And now um, I'm, I'm seeing that I'm seeing that he's making things clear because he will harp on it. You, he just you 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 can tell when he's just not letting that thing go. He's like, stay right there, just stay right there, stay right there, you know. And so, um, uh, he's been really focusing and zoning me in on the body of Christ, the bride, the body of Christ as the bride. Um, I, I, I'm you know, I, it seems like I'm always talking about the body of Christ. I know that you know, my area or my assignment of the prophetic is definitely to the body of Christ. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, but he's saying, he's, he's saying, um, that he wants, um, he wants emphasis on the bride, on his bride, not, not just the body of Christ, but the body of Christ remembering and recognizing and uh, praying for her as his bride, interceding for her as his bride. Um, this lets me know that his return is not long. It's, it's not long. It's not, it's not far off. Um, and uh, he's very concerned about her being prepared. We know that judgment first begins at the house of God and that that is you know, part of the preparation process, but he began to zone in and become very specific. Um, and, uh, took me uh, to the book of Esther, had me to start a study in the book of Esther and, uh, to study, uh, about, you know, the purification, the symbols of purification, um, that were talked about in Esther chapter two, whereas, uh, you know, the oil and, uh, the oils of myrrh and also the um, um, the other uh, things that they were given for for uh, purification, which were like the sweet odors, uh, like, you know, which is more of like a scent or perfume. And um, so, um, yeah, just looking into that, the symbols of, of purification, what do those actually mean? The ointments. Uh, that were used because um, those ointments were also used um, for Jesus. They were also used in the uh, burial of Jesus. We know that, you know, um, uh, when Mary came and anointed the feet of Jesus and, um, you know, that she uh, brought the most expensive uh, ointment uh, to rub on his feet and everything. And um, so these things are significant. Um, studying the oil, uh, what the oil really uh, means and represents in terms of uh, the anointing, the anointing. Um, another uh, hot, hot topic or focus in prayer has been the anointing, really focusing on the oil, the purification, the anointing, making sure that we have um, the anointing on our lives, making sure that, that we are 
um, carrying the oil, that we're not like the five foolish virgins who ran out of oil, but that we are carrying um, the oil and uh, that we're prepared already. Um, and we also uh, understand that Esther uh, was a virgin and the scripture talks about you know, the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And so these, all these things are significant. Um, talk, uh, we talked about, I'm saying we talked about me and the Holy Spirit talked about, <laughs> talked about um, uh, the, uh, the meaning and defining what, it, what uh, Ephesians 5, we're going to go through Ephesians 5 tonight. That's our scripture base for tonight. But where it talks about the, uh, the spot, you know, being without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, you know, we're going to break that down and understand what that actually means, what the spot, what the wrinkle, what the blemish actually means. And um, that's going to be our focal point in prayer uh, for the remainder uh, of this week or well, tomorrow when we come together. Uh, for prayer, we will be praying about this as well. Uh, also, uh, praying against um, demonic spirits that want to lure her, lure her into adultery, uh, fornication, and idolatry. Um, she's a virgin, right? Uh, she's a virgin waiting to be presented to her husband, which is Christ, right? And the enemy would have not would love nothing more than to um you know uh, defile her, defile her with um adultery, make her commit adultery, make her commit fornication, um, or make her, you know, commit idolatry. And this is something that has been a repeated pattern throughout the scriptures, uh Old Testament uh scriptures is this right here. There's something about the sin of uh, adultery and fornication and idolatry. These are the main things there that, that are um, repeated over and over the main, you know, issues that God had with the children of Israel over and over repeatedly um, in the, uh, in the, in those scriptures in the old Testament scripture. And so we're going to be looking through that, and um, talking about that and uh, understanding that it also, you know, it all started in Genesis. It started in Genesis. It started, you know, that was um, the temptation um, of uh, Satan when he uh, tempted Eve, when he, when he deceived her, you know, to make her bow to something else other than what the Lord had prepared for them. And so, um, yeah, these things are very important and, and we want to make sure that we understand and that we are uh, praying uh, with an understanding when it comes to this. Because, um, you know, as, as, we, as the time draws closer, um, we want to make sure that we are, we are interceding uh, correctly for the bride of Christ, um, which we are the bride of Christ. We are all one body, the body of Christ. And uh, we want to make sure that we are um, interceding as such. Amen. 
and covering those areas that need to be covered. Because I think when your focus is off, when you're focusing on other things, a lot of people are focused on, you know, the pandemic, they're focused on the election, they're focused on all kinds of things. And our, uh, if our focus is off, we won't be praying where we need to be praying. We won't be um, watching where and how we need to be watching. And therefore, you know, the enemy can come upon us unawares. And he has done that many a time. So, you know, this is something that, that, you know, we have to get this together because we can't keep going around the same mountain. We just, we just can't, <laughs> we just can't. So we're going to read this um, here. Uh, I don't know what I just did. If, if the picture just got smaller, I'm not sure why. Okay. Um, we're going to go to, we're going to, we're going to read uh, Ephesians 5 here, and uh, we're going to go into our topic a little bit. And I'm going to try to keep this uh, short because, um, yeah, we'll do, we're just going to keep this pretty short uh, because I'll be talking about this again next week. So Ephesians 5, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to start here. God's been talking a lot about, you know, marriage, marriage, the marriage supper of the lamb. And, um, you know, um, it's, it's just kind of funny how, you know, everything, um, kind of, you know, goes in sync, you know what I mean? Like, um, Adam and Eve being the first married couple and that covenant being the, um, the first, um, the first, uh, uh, covenant or, or between man and woman was the marriage covenant. And then also, uh, it being the, um, the first institution, um, in the earth. And then also, uh, when you see Jesus, the first miracle that he did was at a marriage supper. Um, he was, he turned the water into wine. He was at a marriage, uh, feast, a wedding feast. And then he he talked about all throughout um, his ministry, he continually talked about the kingdom of heaven. And um, uh, he referenced marriage, the marriage feast, you know, uh, on, on a number of occasions. And then also um, in the book of Revelation, it talks about the marriage supper of the lamb in Revelation 19, um, the marriage supper of the lamb that blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the lamb. Um, and then it also, you know, he, he talks about uh, the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And so I just really, um, I'm seeing like the, um, the pieces here, like, you know, coming together. Um, and this is something that many people, you know, maybe you've already seen this, you've already recognize this or you've already heard this before um which is wonderful you know then you can you know you can help me <laughs> teach this you know um but at the same time um it's something that is is so relevant to now um if we have known these things before if we you know if we have oh shelly i already know that i've already heard that um 
God is shining a light on it right now for a reason. That means it's it's relevant to right now. He wants us to focus on it right now. If we've been praying about other things and seeking him about other things or whatever, we need to make sure that this is a main focal point in our prayers right now. Um, and so, yeah. So uh, we're going to read Ephesians 5, if you're there. Ephesians 5 and uh, verse 1. And uh, it says, be ye therefore, we're just going to, the whole chapter five, basically chapter five is, is where we are tonight. Um, okay. It says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. For a sweet-smelling savor. Now, there's there's our first um, our first hint right there is sweet-smelling savor. So we're gonna keep in mind Esther, okay? Um, sweet-smelling savor. Now, in um, Esther chapter two, it talks about um, Esther chapter two. Here, it talks about. Uh, I'll read this for you. Um, it says now. Mm -hmm. uh, chapter 2 verse 12 it says now when every maid's turn was come to go in to King Asuerus um, after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of the women for so were the days of their purifications accomplished so for 12 months they had to purify themselves I'll break this down a little bit uh, in just a moment um 12 months they had to purify themselves before they went into the king. Now, I know this story is about, you know, a harem of virgins that, that you know, the king ordered to be taken from their homes um, in order for him to find a replacement uh, for his uh, queen, Queen Vashti, who rebelled against him, disobeyed a, a direct order from him and made him, um, and, uh, she, uh, embarrassed him in front of, you know, in, in, in front of everyone, you know, basically by not, um, obeying his order, not, not obeying his command. When he called her to come, um, she, she refused him in front of everyone. So, um, this is, uh, this is something that's, you know, very crucial, but it's, his way of replacing her um, <laughs> is is kind of like you know <laughs> this is some street stuff right here. This is some you know this is some what we know as uh, Lord have mercy the <laughs> the the who the the what is it not the pimp life but he was a player okay he was being a player we just gonna make it plain he was being a player. And yeah, so he had these virgins to come um, and they had to purify themselves for a whole year before they were able to go in and sleep with the king and whoever, you know, he favored or whoever, you know, he um, liked the most, um, he would uh, send them to a second uh, house where they would be kept as concubines and he would, you know, they would come to him when he called them by name. Um, you would have to read the book of Esther. Um, it's a, it's a rather short book. If you haven't read it before, it's a rather short book, but, um, 
very, 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 uh, very interesting, very good um, revelation of the body of Christ today. Re very good picture of the body of Christ today. And so um, um, they had to be purified for 12 months. And um, they uh, six months, six of those months, they were uh, like soaked in oil, oil of myrrh. And we're going to talk about what myrrh is um, here. And then um, and the other six months, they had to be soaked in sweet odors like perfumes and things like that. Spices and ointments and things like that um, for purification purposes, for purification purposes. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, so this is our first key here is sweet smelling savor. So it says, um, be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and have given himself for us, uh, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Uh, verse three, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not once be named among you as become its saints. It didn't say Christians, it doesn't say Christians. Once again, it says saints. It says saints. Okay. Um, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger, there we are again, we, God keeps using these words, whoremonger, fornicator, unclean person, you know, um, uh, filthy, you know. He says no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, empty words, you know, um, just people just want to talk these days, you know, they just want to, they just want to have something to say so they can, you know, have your attention, you know, so they can influence, have influence over you or take something from you. Every, you know, people just have a vain, this empty gospel. There's nothing in it. There's nothing in it. It's watered down. It's weak. It's empty. It doesn't help anyone. So it says, let no man deceive you with vain words, vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Because of, because of what things? Because of. Fornication, uncleanness. Just look at verse three through verse five. Okay. For because of all these things cometh the wrath, the wrath, the anger of God upon the children of disobedience. Verse seven, it says, but be not ye therefore partakers with them. Don't be partakers with them. This, the reason that the wrath of God 
came upon the children, uh, comes upon, you know, people who do these things is because he hasn't changed. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And it was for the same reason that, that his wrath came upon the children of Israel. And many of them died in the wilderness because of this right here. And many of them went into captivity and died in captivity to nations like Babylon because of this right here. Okay. Um, it says, uh, and we know that God is known, he's known as a jealous God or a jealous husband. He says, I am married to you. I am married to you. Um, and and in all through the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, he's referring to uh, the house of Israel and the house of Judah as a uh, an adulterous whore, uh, you know, uh, fornicating uh, woman, like, you know, like an unclean woman, an, an idolater, an idol worshiper, etc. And uh, those are those are very serious things, you know. A stiff-necked, rebellious woman, you know. Um, and then it says, "Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for you were sometimes darkness. You were sometimes darkness. We used to be, yeah. Um, but now are you light in the Lord?" Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Goodness and righteousness and truth. And the fruit of the spirit is found in the book of Galatians, uh, which is something else that the Lord uh, mentioned and had me to jot down in my notes here, talking about the fruit of the spirit. And we're going to we're going to delve into that, that we'll probably get to that part next week. Um, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. There are things that are acceptable unto him and there are things that are unacceptable, unacceptable unto him. Amen. It says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, which means expose them, rebuke them, correct them. Amen. Verse 12, it says, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. See, many things are done in secret, but verse 13 says, all things are reproved excuse me, all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. All things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Therefore, whatsoever doeth make manifest is light. Whatsoever doeth make manifest is light. What does that mean? That means that whosoever um, is, is found removing that cloak of darkness, this is how we won't be deceived. You know how the scripture says that if it be possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Well, um, there are those who uh, who uh, we can clearly see in the body of Christ who are we, we know that they're not darkness. They are light. They are children of light because everywhere you see them, you see them uncovering and exposing darkness. They are somewhere pulling that cloak back, 
looking up under there trying to see like what in the world you know what is that come on out of there uh uh we're not having that in here you see and so these are the these are the children of light i feel the spirit of god moving right there mhm these are the children of light these are the children um uh who are truly concerned and truly um truly care, truly interceding. These are, these are how you know those who are truly praying and interceding, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for the bride, for the body of Christ, because they understand that we're living in a time where we don't, we don't have time for this. We have to clean our house up. We have to clean this up. We have to clean it up. Hello. How are you? We have to clean it up. And so, you know, uh, we don't have time for nonsense. So this is this is how we know the children of light, because the children of light are those who are manifesting or exposing or removing the cloak of darkness. Amen. So that's a, that's a key so that you you won't be deceived. So you won't be part of the you know, <laughs> if you were not the very elect, we would be deceived. Right. So it says, uh, it says, but all things that are reproved, reproved again means to expose, to correct, to rebuke, right? Or to reprove what it is. That means you have to search it out to, to prove what it is, right? We have spirits that are lurking in darkness. They are creeping in darkness and, and we have to prove or make full proof of who they are, what they are, so that we can expose them, expose them and remove them from the body. They have to come out of the body. I mentioned to you um, last week that I was sick, right? I had uh, some kind of stomach virus or something like that, but I knew that there was something um, foreign it had entered into my body because my I had fever. Um, I had a, a fever, you know, um, it was a low fever, but it was still fever and it, it lasted for almost a day. And so um, that's the key indicator. You know, you look for these symptoms. They, they tell you when something is wrong in the body, something came into the body that's not supposed to be in the body. It's causing symptoms. It's causing, you know, uh, pain. It's causing uh, nausea, maybe causing a headache, causing uh, constipation, diarrhea, you know, and so on. And so um, when we see these symptoms, we, we begin to understand that, wait a minute, something is in this body that shouldn't be in here. So you, you have to prove what it is so you can cast it out, right? If you can't identify it, you, what are you casting out? You see? So this is why we need focus, focus, focus on what? The body, focus on the body of Christ, focus on the bride, because the bride has to be prepared. We have to be a people prepared for the coming of the Lord, the coming of the what? The bridegroom, the coming of the bridegroom, whom the Holy Spirit is cleaning us and processing us and purifying us that he may present us a glorious body or a glorious bride to Christ. He's like the best man, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now it says here, um, 
uh, where are we? Verse four, uh, verse 14. It says, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Why do we need light? So we can see. Awake thou that sleepest. Those that are sleeping, they can't see. And arise from the dead. Why does it say the dead? Because in the spirit realm, when people are sleeping, it's as if they are dead or vice versa. In the spirit realm, when a person is dead, it's known as sleeping. And naturally, um, it's also a, a, a realm of sleep. Death is a realm of sleep where you never wake up. And when 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 um, when Jesus uh, when they asked her him to um, you know to heal the um, you know the 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 dead girl when he said to let the Kume damsel arise um, the girl had died he, he the girl had died and they knew she was dead and, but when they said you know she's dead Jesus said no she's sleeping. See, in, 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 in Christ, we don't die, we sleep. But there are different levels or realms of sleep, right? There's a sleep where you can wake up, right? And then there's a sleep where you don't wake up. Your body, your physical body will not wake up. And so this is what we're talking about. Um, but even in that realm of sleep, I want to tell you that Christ can can wake you up <laughs> as we see plainly. You know, he he told that he spoke to her spirit and she woke up and she got up and she was dead. Lazarus was dead in that tomb. You know, he was dead for days in that tomb. And his flesh was rotting off of his body. But Jesus spoke to his spirit. And he and he woke up. So it says, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. They that are dead in Christ shall what? Rise uh, from the dead and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. That means uprightly, not sideways, you know, not to the left, but to the right, <laughs> to the right, walk uprightly or step circumspectly before the Lord upright. Many people are hunched over and bent over in the body of Christ because of sin. They're bent over because of because of uh, uh, lack of knowledge. They're bent over because of, uh, of of disease. They're they're bent over because of oppression. They are bent over. In the spirit realm, you can see them bent over. They're not circumspect. They're not upright before the Lord. And so we we have to return to um, walking circumspectly because a bride, when she comes in, you know, she's not hunched over walking down the aisle. She's not bent over and laying to the side and, and sleep. I mean, can you just imagine this in reality? You know, you go to get married, you know, and you don't spend all this time pre preparing for this very special day. And then when you when you get there to the day, right? And you see the bride coming down, you're the groom. Let's just say you're the groom and you see this woman, you know, 
uh, coming towards you, walking down the aisle, and she's your bride that you're about to marry. But this is how we look in the spirit. Half of us drunk, <laughs> we sleep, we hunched over, bent over, we sick, you know, all kind of stuff. We got <laughs> mental issues, you know, um, we're lustful, you know, all these things. Uh, we're religious, you know, we can't even see clearly who Christ is because many of us are so religious now. We've been bewitched, you know, and all kinds of things. Are you going to marry her? Just tell me, would you marry a woman like that when you saw her walk down the, down the aisle? I don't care how beautiful her gown is. I don't care how much makeup she got on, you know, or how beautiful her hair is. If she's walking down the aisle, you know, contorting like the exorcist, you're not finna put no ring on that, <laughs> you know. So this is how we look in the realm of the spirit. That's why, my God, that's why. The woman God said, my God, for real. Um, that is why um, God has our focus right here. He like, I am not marrying that. I, I, no, <laughs> we got to get you together first. And so, you know, um, that's where we are. That's where we are. Okay, so let's go back. It says, See then, verse 15, see then, for those of you coming in, I'm in Ephesians chapter 5, I'm at verse 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, uprightly, not as fools, but as wise. A man wants to see his wife as a wise woman, a prudent woman, you know, um, uh, a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31 a virtuous woman, not as fools, but as wise. And then it says, 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are, are evil. That means being being mindful of the time and, and doing um, the most that you can with the time that you are given, um, uh, making, uh, being productive with the time that you are given, uh, working on working, uh, you know, in the field like Ruth with the time that you are giving, being found busy, not a busy body in other men's matters, but busy about your father's business. Um, it, with the time that we are given, um, developing ourselves, beautifying ourselves, not just outwardly, but inwardly, inwardly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That means that the time is short. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, what the will of the Lord is, not our will. But what his will is, it says, and be not drunk with wine. Oh, gosh. Have you ever seen a bride drunk walking down the aisle wherein is excess, you know, too much, too much. She's, you know, <laughs> she's just team too much drunk. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But be filled with the spirit. That means don't be too don't be filling yourself up with 
excess too much of anything else. We don't need anything else, but be filled with the spirit. It says, be not drunk with wine. That means you are overtaken with wine, wherein is excess. You are overtaken with excess, which means uh, surfighting, S-U-R-F-E-I-T-I-N-G, which is a work of the flesh, surfighting, surfeiting, I think it's, it's called. Um, I would have to look that up here. Surf, surf, that's the word that's coming into my mind. I hope I'm right. Um, surfighting, what does it mean? Uh, so fighting means to cause someone to desire no more of something as a result of having consumed or done it to excess. So, yeah, you've done it too much. You've consumed too much. So that's what it means. Okay. Um, it, so it says, um, but be filled with the spirit. When you're full of the spirit, there's no room for anything else. There's no room for anyone else. But the spirit of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. And then he says, uh, it says, speaking to yourselves. This is, I'm, I'm reading through here because this is the purification process. This is the preparation process. He's given us instructions. He said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, worshiping, singing and making melody in your heart to the who? The Lord, who is your who? Your husband, your bridegroom, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now watch this, verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Do you not know that a husband is the savior of his wife? Whenever she's in trouble, she runs to him for, to rescue her. She runs to him to save her. She doesn't run to another man. So what was Eve doing listening or giving her ear to the serpent in the garden? You know, she should have been telling that serpent, wait a minute, you're not my man. You, you're not my husband. You, you can't tell me nothing. You know, if a pimp walk up and find his... <laughs> okay, I went there. Yeah, I'm just gonna finish and going. I'm just gonna go all the way there. If a if a pimp walk up and find his whore, I'm not gonna say it like we say it in the street. Y'all not gonna don't push me there. Don't push me there because you know I can go there real easy. So don't push me there. <laughs> we gonna say in the spirit. But if he walk up and find her talking to another man, especially another pimp in her ear. It's gonna be trouble. <laughs> it's gonna be trouble, not in paradise, trouble in the ghetto that night. It's gonna be some real trouble that night, right? So this is so what was Eve doing? Why was she giving her ear to another to another voice that was not the voice of her husband? Okay. Ephesians here is saying, submit wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands. 
as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Church, bride, what body, what are you doing giving your ear to another voice that is not the voice of Christ? Why are we listening to another man instead of listening to the voice of Christ? Why are we listening to the voice of the Antichrist? And do we not know the voice of our husband? Because why would we give our ear to the voice of Antichrist? We should know, we should be able to know, you know, our who our husband is. You know, the Bible says that my sheep, they know my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. If you don't know, if you can't recognize the difference from between when your husband is talking to you and another man is talking to you, something is wrong. Something is definitely wrong there. So he says... Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If, if a man has given himself for you, sacrificed himself for you, laid down his life for you, works every day for you, you know, work his fingers to the bone, you know, and, 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 and he's doing all of this because of his love for you, his wife. Why would we turn around? And go give our ear to another man. Do you see how this is looking in the spirit? Verse 24, I skipped it. It says, therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be, be to their own husbands in everything. Let the wives be also subject to, to their own husbands in everything. Not in some things, but in everything. In everything. Says husbands. Verse 25. Husbands. Now he's talking to the husbands. Love your wives even as who? As Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If someone loves you, they will give themselves for you. That means they will sacrifice something for you. They will sacrifice. their. They will lay down their life for you. They will take the shirt off their back for you. They will, you know, they will give you their last. That that means giving yourself you, the, all of him. He gave all of himself to his wife. All of himself. Okay. Um, is loves your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now here he is washing his bride, cleansing her with the word, with the word, with the what? The truth, the truth. Nothing but the best for, for my wife, he says. Nothing but the best for her. Nothing but the absolute purest truth. I'm washing her. I'm cleansing her. I'm making her pure with the truth. Because why? The enemy wants to defile her with lies. He wants to defile her with lies. With lies. Are, you, are we seeing this? Now, Christ is washing us 
with the water of the word. So what does that mean? That means that if we have been washed with the water of the word, we should know and recognize, be able to recognize the uh, what's not the word. And we should also not go and wallow in the in the field and in the mire again or go back to the thing that he cleansed us from right so he he's saying you know he sanctifies and cleanses her with the washing of water by the word this is you know this is uh part of the purification and sanct and and, and um uh, sanctification process it's the word, the word, washing your mind out with the truth, washing that those lies out, washing that deception out, washing that filth out, washing the washing away those unclean uh, desires, those unpure desires and unpure motives and, and, you know, and foolishness and ignorance, washing all of that stuff out of there with what the word, which is the truth, the spirit of truth. It says that he might um, present it, mm -hmm, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. He wants to present it, present it, what? The church to himself, a glorious church. What is a glorious church? Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. This is a glorious church. If anyone knows about the glory cloud or the glory of the Lord, that is the presence, um, also known as the kavod. It is the it is the uh, the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. This is one definition of the glory. Um, uh, uh, the manifest presence of God that is so pure and so bright, so clean and so bright that you can't even gaze upon it. It's like trying to stare into a light bulb and that's, that's a much lesser degree. You know, it's trying to stare directly into the sun without looking away. You can't stare into the sun. You can't stare into the sun. It, it, it's so pure. The glory of God is so pure, right? It, it's pure. That means it's it's. there's no dirt in there. There's no speck of filth, no speck of anything. It's clean. It is light, pure light. And, and it says not having spot. It, there's no spots in it. There's no wrinkle, no blemish, nor any such thing. Um, it's just pure holiness pure holiness. Okay. Verse 28, it says, so ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his, his wife loveth himself. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. So, so, so in the book of Esther, King Asuerus went through all of that, you know, looking for um, that one virgin, that one, you know, that one that he could call his wife. 
If you notice, there were many virgins that were brought in before the king. Many virgins that were brought into the harem, you know, but he was only looking for one queen. One queen. Think about that. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. That's what he loved about Esther. She was pure. Her heart was pure. You know, her, her, her communication, her language was pure. Her words were pure. You know, she was truth. She was truth. Um, it says, so ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. So the Lord wants to nourish and cherish the church. He doesn't hate the, ch the church. Because it says here, no man ever hated his own flesh. No husband has ever hated his uh, his own flesh. So if he's walking according to the scripture, he would love his wife even as his own flesh. And no man hates his own flesh. But he does what? He nourishes it and cherishes it even as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause or for this reason shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. One flesh. Are we ready to become one flesh, one with Christ in the flesh? Are we ready to become one with him in the flesh? Are we ready? He's asking, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? I, I'm waiting at the altar, you know. I'm, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> uh, there's a set time for the wedding. And when I step up to that altar, I will be waiting on you. I will be waiting on you. Are you ready? Is she ready yet? Is she ready yet? Time is ticking. Time is ticking. She's still not ready. She's still not ready. I am still purifying her. You know, she still needs uh, ointment and oil. She still needs to be purified. When she comes down the aisle, I should be able to smell, you know, my perfume on her. There's a set time and the time is ticking. He says we should be getting ready now. 
The preparations have been made. The invitations have been made. You know, the 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 the, the reception uh should all that stuff should already be arranged. All I'm waiting on now is my bride. Everything has been set in place, set in motion. All I'm waiting on now is my bride. I'm waiting on my bride. When she says, when she's ready, then, you know, <laughs> are we seeing this? Are we seeing this? For we are members of his body, of his, of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother for this reason and shall be joined unto his wife and the two, excuse me, they two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, the Bible says. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Huh. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband, reverence her husband, respect her husband. Fear her husband with a godly fear. Submit, yield to her husband. This is what we're talking about. The Lord says, are we ready? He says, he says are, are we getting ready? Because we should be getting ready now. We should be getting ready. We should be getting ready. Amen. Now we're going to look here quickly at um, uh, we're, ta we're talking about here um, Esther. Bear with me just a moment. Okay. Uh, some things that I wrote down about spot, wrinkle, and blemish. Okay. So one thing about a spot. A spot excuse me um, a spot has to do with um, a flaw. It, it is a flaw. Let me go back to uh, this right here. Just one second. It means um, it's from the word spillo. Spot is from the word spillo, which is to stain or defile to stain or to defile, okay? The word wrinkle is from the word rutida. Um, and it, it the root meaning is to draw together. So to draw together or to crumple up. Um, this, this, in this uh, meaning though, it refers to the wrinkling of the skin that comes with age, the wrinkles, wrinkles of the skin. So this bride is a virgin now. She has not, she's been washed of her filth because many of us, we know we're not virgins in the flesh anymore. 
Uh, but but we have been washed of our filth. We've been washed in the blood. We've been cleansed by the word. We've been cleansed and we have been purified, right? And and so um, therefore that blemish is no longer there. Okay, so uh, that the uh, the wrinkling of the skin, excuse me, um, the wrinkle is no longer there. So we have returned unto uh, our virgin state in the in the realm of the spirit, meaning that we are we are youthful. We are youthful again. When uh, when it speaks about a virgin, it's talking about a wife of youth, a woman, a young woman who has not yet been with a man, right? And so, wrinkle talking about um, uh, drawing together or the wrinkling of the skin that comes with age, amen. Uh, with and, and uh, blemish is from the word amomos. Uh, which means without flaw, also translated as faultless, faultless, without flaw or, or faultless, faultless. Also uh, refers to the word perfect without fault uh, also means perfect in the Bible. Right. And so um, it says here, Jesus desires to present the church to himself without any flaw whether it be from the ravages of sin in our body or soul or of moral or character defect within us. So we all should be working uh, to remove those spots, those wrinkles and those blemishes. But, but, you know, tonight the Lord is speaking about the body of Christ um, um, being prepared as Esther was being prepared to meet the king. Amen. And so um, I want to read uh, something to you here and then we're going to close for tonight and we'll uh, we'll uh, come back on this next week. Um, but it says here, uh, what is this? Biblereference.com. I like the way uh, this little commentary goes. It says, um, uh, focusing on Christ's relationship to the church, Paul notes in Ephesians 5:27 that Christ's goal as the church's husband is to present the church to himself in splendor. Christ desires the church to stand before him in brilliance and triumph. His desire is for believers to one day appear before him without any flaws or marks or imperfections, particularly on the wedding day. A bride seeks to look her absolute best for her husband. And Christ wants the church to look its ab uh, absolute best for him when that day comes. Uh, the purpose of Christ's relationship with the church is to bring on greater holiness, to bring on greater holiness. The reference to blemishes is not about physical appearance, but about the church being pure before the Lord. To be holy is to be set apart. Set apart to be without blemish is to be without a mark or problem. This is the same standard the Old Testament required of animals used in sacrificial offerings. They could not have any blemish 
God desired we come desires that we come before him with a clean heart, with a clean heart. Amen. And so um, I thought that was a pretty good uh, commentary here. And uh, we're going to go, you know, we're going to read a little bit more um, into this. I didn't want to uh, read the book of Esther to you because, you know, that would take that would take, you know, forever. But um, I just want to recommend that you um, go and review the book of Esther. If you've already read it, uh, praise God. You know, um, if you're coming back uh, to this discussion, then kind of, you know, go back and review it so you can become uh, familiar with the symbols of the pur of purification. Um, so, you know, so we can... Uh, talk about that, uh, together. And, um, I, I want, you know, us to be able to, um, get a full understanding of this and, um, yeah, make this our, our focus, uh, in prayer. So I feel like, you know, this is tonight was more so about God defining, uh, the reason why he has, um, he has us looking at this, um, on a, you know, on a more, um, microscopic lens under a more micro uh, under a more magnified lens if that makes sense a, 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 a more of a microscopic view <laughs> um, he wants us to zone in on this right here and uh, to understand that the main the main uh, the enemy's main objective is to lure uh, the bride into uh, adultery uh, fornication, idolatry. That's why the spirit of the Lord has been telling us, um, to, you know, stay away from things that have been sacrificed unto idols. Listen, when I, um, watch anything, I have to be very careful, even what I watch, um, because the spirit of God will tell me, turn it off, you know, just, just turn it off. Don't even, you know, looking at the title, sometimes he'll just say, turn it off. And I'm like, but I want to say, what's that about? He's like, mm-mm. You know, and so he's being very, he, he is being very, very um, precise uh, these days. And I don't know if he deals with you that way. You know, we're all at different, you know, levels of our walk, uh, different levels of our walk. I understand that. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, me being a person who is um, over 20 years in this thing for the Lord to be dealing with me on such levels of things that I have already, you know, it's not like he's saying, Oh no, you can't watch that because you're going to go. It's showing alcohol and you're going to go somewhere and drink. Oh, you can't watch that. Cause it's showing, you know, sex and you're going to go somewhere and sleep with somebody, you know, it's, it's, he's not dealing with me like that. He's dealing with me in a sense that he wants us to come away from these things and come out of these things. This is how he's, he's, this is the message to his people is to come out of those things, separate yourself and touch not the unclean thing. That's what it's about. Touching not the unclean thing so that you can be uh, presented to him as a bride without spot, wrinkle or blemish. Because that unclean thing that people, so many of us keep touching that is the thing that is defiling us. It's defiling us as the bride. It's defiling the body of Christ. We go over there and we touch these things. And then we, we come back with this in our subconscious. 
and we we begin to act and react out of those subconscious thoughts you know we begin to act out these things and and y'all know good and well that ever since you was little you know if you go to a movie if you sit and you know and watch a movie you gonna get up if you go watch spider-man you gonna you know <laughs> We used to get up and go look for a cape to put on. We wanted to be Spider-Man, you know. So whatever you put before your eyes or whatever you consume um, becomes a part of you. And you begin to take on the the, the characteristics and the nature of that thing, um, you know, if, if you're not careful. So um, it's, it's not about, oh, you know, she's so immature that... You know, she can't even watch, you know, nobody, nobody drinking. She can't even watch nobody smoking a cigarette because she'll go back to smoking. No, the devil is a lie. He knows God knows me better than that now, you know, but it's about um, it's about being more cautious of my preparation process. Um, and also, especially as an intercessor, you know, for the body of Christ and as a prophet, um, sanctifying my mind, sanctifying myself and not, uh, and, and obeying the instructions of the spirit. The Lord has been telling us for months now, you know, to, um, stop eating things that have been sacrificed unto idols. He's saying this not because he thinks you're immature. He's saying this because that system is being done away with. And he doesn't want you to be a part of that system when he destroys, completely destroys that system. If you were found in Sodom, <laughs> in other words, when Lot, if, if those angels would have let Lot stay there in Sodom, he would have been destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah. You, do you see what I'm saying? Him and his family would have been destroyed right there with Sodom. We are in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. God is saying, come out of her. My bride, my bride, who I have been preparing and I've been washing and I've been sanctifying and I've been cleansing. I have been preparing you to present you unto myself. And he's saying, I want you to be mindful and think of the body of Christ as a bride. Pray for her. You know, intercede for her. Pray against every spirit that will cause her to stumble, that will cause her to fall. We have to pray for the church because Christ does not hate the church. He doesn't hate his own flesh. He doesn't hate his own body. Just because we see these people doing these things in the body of Christ, we it doesn't mean start to it doesn't mean hate the church. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. But but we have to pray for the church, intercede for the church, and 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 focus on how can we become better, how can we become pure? You know, what what do I what what is my role in this? What is my assignment in this? You know, what has God given me to do? How can I help the body of Christ become better? That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. He's not saying, you know, oh, just leave her over there. You know, <laughs> she a hot mess. She's a mess. Just leave her over there and come out of that. Just come out of the church and just, you know, just, just be over here and just be saved, you and Jesus. No, we are all one body, many members, one body. 
So we're still members of one body. That means we have to take care one for another. So God is saying, don't be selfish in your prayers in this season. Um, intercede, uh, stand in the gap, you know, for every man and woman in the body of Christ, because he's preparing his bride for the marriage supper of the lamb, the marriage supper, the marriage supper. There's still more to come. There's still more to come. I, I, I'm really like, um, so many people are saying that, you know, uh, we're going to be, the church is going to be raptured before, you know, before Jesus comes back. That don't really make much sense to me because I think they're misinterpreting the scripture. And the reason I say that is because revelation um, the end of Revelation, by the way, not just Revelation, but the end of Revelation. Revelation 19 talks about um, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. So the marriage supper happens, you know, at the end, which is actually a new beginning. A marriage is it represents a new beginning of life together with your husband, with your spouse, you know, you're starting a new life together, new heaven, new earth. This is a new house, uh, together. You know what I'm saying with our, so what, what, what do you mean? We're, we're going to be raptured and fly away somewhere. I, I don't understand that. Somebody please explain that to me. Please explain that to me. I know where it talks about in Corinthians. I know, but explain to me, the mindset behind that, the, the interpretation of that. You know, I, I don't understand because Revelation is after the book of Corinthians. We know that, right? Okay. And he's talking about the marriage supper of the lamb. So who get married? If, if the bride ain't here, then how's she going to get married? Or are we coming back? Well, like, Just explain that to me. Is it going to be two weddings because the five wives and the five foolish virgins, you know, and then the, the bridegroom came. So, so what happened there? What, what happened there? I, I'm trying to understand. Please somebody enlighten me. <laughs> if you understand this better than I do. Um, so yeah. That is, uh, that's where we are, but, um, yeah, we're going to close here, uh, for tonight. And, uh, I pray that, you know, um, that this was a blessing to you and it kind of, you know, helped to shift your focus onto, um, the bride, onto the body of Christ. So we can truly begin to uh, stand in the gap for her, not to abandon her. Don't jump ship, you know, because you're still a member of this body, you know, um, don't, don't, <laughs> don't abandon her you know, because of all the things we see, but we have to understand that even within the body of Christ, that they're the wheat and the tear, the Lord allows them to grow up together. And then he separates them at the end. And I told you months and months ago that, um, this is the time the Lord said that he was separating. He's separating now the wheat from the tear, the light from the darkness. Um, he's separating the clean from the unclean. Um, but nevertheless, our, our, our position should always be a position of prayer and intercession for everyone in the body of Christ, because peradventure, they're still breathing, 
those the people that we see, you know, doing all this crazy stuff in the body, they're still alive. They're still breathing. That means that they still have a chance. They still have a chance to repent. And so we want to pray for that. Amen. Um, and we'll be praying together tomorrow uh, night um, concerning the bride. Amen. So I love you guys. And um, um, I'm going to try to do something where uh, we can have like a little Q&A session Um I don't know, maybe Saturday morning. Um, I want to do like a little Q&A session with you guys so you can ask some questions and we can kind of open up some discussion and things like that. Um, But yeah, anyway, I love you. And um, I'm going to go for tonight. I think I've been talking for about, uh, oh, an hour and 30 minutes. That's much better than before, right? (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time for 15 Minutes of Fire. We're going to be standing in the gap in prayer. Amen. So I love y'all and I will see you guys tomorrow night. Take care and bye-bye.